0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Second Take, where every play deserves a second look. Today, we will be discussing the fascinating situation that is the Milwaukee Bucks, what they've put themselves in over the past few weeks. And we are also going to be discussing a sleeper team in the West, the New Orleans Pelicans, who currently, at time of recording, sit in fifth place. We will also be diving back into the NFL atmosphere, where the Chicago Bears hold the number one overall pick. And, of course, we all know Justin Fields is their quarterback, so we're going to be analyzing what we think they should do with that pick and where, if they trade him, Justin Fields would be fun to watch next season. I'm your host, Roland, here with Ryan, my co-host, and this is another episode of Second Take. So, Ryan, starting right off the bat, the Milwaukee Bucks, since hiring Doc Rivers, have gone 3-7. and showing no signs of anywhere where they were before the season started. They're not even close to being contenders, and there's an obvious disconnect as a team. So should Milwaukee
1: regret their decision to hire Doc? You know, this has a couple of different angles because should Milwaukee regret hiring Doc Rivers? Not necessarily considering that they – hired a coach in the middle of the season who was a veteran head coach. He was probably the best guy available. But I think a bunch of decisions before that Milwaukee should definitely regret that led them to having to have Doc Rivers at this point in the season. What so kind of, of going decisions back are we and taking a about? look at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to the playoff series that they lost against the Miami Heat is when this whole mess started. They lost as the one seed to the eight seed based on... So they fired Mike Budenholzer, Mm -hmm. who was their head coach. They had won a championship with him, and that core group of players, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Giannis. They lost to the eight seed as a one seed, and they fired Coach Bud mostly based on a late-game decision he made and also for letting Jimmy Butler absolutely torch them, right? They're having Drew Holiday guard him. They weren't sending doubles. They're just letting him go one-on-one, right? A couple bad, you know, late game management things. And, you know, that leads to their offseason. And the Bucks, they get rid of Bud. He was kind of on the hot seat before they won the chip. They extended him. And then they changed their mind as soon as they go out in the first round. And they decide to make a bunch of other changes after losing this first round series. Um, They hire a rookie head coach, an Adrian Griffin. They trade Drew Holiday, essentially, Mm -hmm. and more assets for Damian Lillard. And then it turns out the players didn't even like Adrian Griffin as he was their head coach, right? They brought in Terry Stotts as an assistant who was Dame's old head coach. And before the season even started, he was like, nah, I'm out. I can't work with Adrian Griffin which doesn't usually happen in the NBA. Like, we don't usually see stuff like that. And, you know, to be fair to the Bucks, I don't blame them for firing Adrian Griffin if he sucked and the players didn't like him, right? Because with that roster, I mean, they can win any coach games, right? Any, any capable NBA coach is going to make the playoffs with that group. So, you know, being able to find someone to replace them who's better at least, okay, cool, I don't blame you. But honestly, bringing in Doc Rivers, like I said, was the best choice for them to make after firing Griffin, but they didn't have any better options because they put themselves in a bind to have to get him in the middle of the season after all the other good candidates have been hired. I mean, just kind of going back and looking at this, I 100% agree that
0: the answer to the original question of should they regret hiring doc is a sorta, but it's not so much the decision to hire him. It's all of the previous decisions, right? Like you said, it all started with firing Mike Budenholzer, but should the front office get the blame? I'm of the opinion they shouldn't get all of the blame. Obviously they're making the decisions, but the person that gets out of this scot free, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis, for whatever reason, does not get as much blame as he should. After getting outplayed and outmatched by Jimmy Butler in the first round of the playoffs last year, I know he was hurt, but he got outplayed. Best player in the world, got outplayed by Jimmy Butler. Giannis hanged passive-aggressive threats over the Bucks organization all summer long, with his contract soon expiring. Right, He's basically out there saying, you know, I'm not necessarily tied down, you know, blah, blah, blah. I love the Bucks, but, you know, I could see myself, blah, blah, blah. Basically hung his contract extension over their heads so that they forcing them to make changes, right? So they fire Mike. They trade Drew and a bunch of other assets for Damian Lillard. They hire Adrian Griffin. And then when Giannis is upset at Adrian Griffin, they fire him and hire Doc Rivers. So Giannis is honestly what I will call the coach killer because he's just never satisfied. Now, granted, instead of just jumping ship to another team, a la Kevin Durant, he at least stays put, but this mess that they're in is as much part Giannis as it is the organization. So that's my take. They need
1: to... Blame should go to Giannis here. You know, I can't disagree with that. It kind of feels like it's starting to feel like the LeBron James situation where every coach he had, he was never happy with. And he had kind of that roster control when everyone started talking about LeGM. It kind of feels like Giannis is starting to get a little bit of that power over the Bucks organization after um, he went and he won a ring. And he wants all these decis- decisions made quickly in order for him to stay. He did end up signing a contract extension after the Dame trade and all that fun stuff. And, you know, that team did a lot after losing to the Bucks, which I think was the overreaction to do that much to that team. But hey, it, here we are now. And not only that, I feel like the guy they hired in Doc Rivers is the type of guy who's not going to make the situation better either. I mean, like I said, like we said, best option available, but he went on a radio show recently um, during the all-star break and he said, you know, we're three and seven. Uh, when the Bucks called me, I was like, oh, you guys fired Adrian Griffin. Why did you, why did you do that? And the Bucs were kind of saying, hey, we already did it. We want you to come in, be the guy, be the coach. And Doc Rivers is like, okay, cool. Um, let's at least wait till the All Star break. Then is what he said. He told the Bucks, and the Bucks were like, "Nah, we need you to be the coach now. We need a coach now." And Doc Rivers is saying, "Hey, look, we went on this big long road trip. We went three and seven during the toughest schedule stretch that we have, and you know that's why we suck." And then JJ Redick brought up the point that he likes to make excuses, and then you know everyone, most people sided on that. Some other people didn't, but. Regardless, um, Doc is now making excuses. They have Giannis, who's just trying to do everything to win now, and a team that, for whatever reason, isn't gelling or clicking. I have kind of a bold prediction that we'll get the Bucks in even a worse situation by the end of the year. I don't think Doc Rivers makes it a full year being the Bucks head coach. I think so you- he gets fired either in the offseason or in the middle of next year. Okay, I don't think that's too bold. Doc Rivers
0: is a very curious case because he's always coached talented teams, at least to my knowledge. I've only followed him ever since he was in Boston. So,
1: Oh, you're right, though. Every team he's had has had stars. Always had
0: quality t- players to coach with, and I've never seen a coach ride one championship more than— I've never seen a team— ride one more championship than the 2008 celtics oh yeah that team paul pierce is out here talking like he's on Dwayne wade's level you know what i mean so that team is just riding that till they die literally off into retirement and beyond but i've never seen a coach ride one championship like doc rivers and does doc rivers really give you anything more than they had in mike Budenholzer? you know what i mean That's what I'm trying to say is they did all this hocus pocus to ultimately get back to square one where they're still having issues with the coaching. Their team is still not gelling, even though the team previously, they won a championship. They were the first seed in the East. They were everyone's favorite to even win last year. And then they choke job against Miami. But to be fair, Jimmy Butler went on an all time playoff rampage. So, you know, the only team that. He wasn't able to dethrone was the Denver Nuggets. Um, but, man, it's just interesting what's happening in Milwaukee because had they just stayed Pat in the offseason with Mike and made the trade for Lillard, you can look at it as we need to satisfy you know, Giannis. But having to do both,
1: I think he could have done one or the other and been fine. Yeah, and I mean, you bring up a good point. I don't. I think they still could have traded for Dame because honestly, at the time of the trade, I thought it was a good trade for them. Like, I'm not even mad at that trade because I figured they would still have the defensive personnel on that roster to still be good at defense, right? Like, Drew Holiday was very important for them, but they have other players who should still be able to step up, right? I mean, just in the starting lineup, they still have Giannis and Brook Lopez, so that back end should at least be taken care of. And that was one of the big problems with Adrian Griffin was all the players were complaining about his defensive schemes all the time because they tried to switch it up. Uh, stopped playing Brooke Lopez in a drop so much. They tried to uh, go gamble for more turnovers and they just ended up blowing it a lot of times and giving up easy buckets to the other team. And, you know, now Griffin's gone and now Doc Rivers is trying to fix this mess. And it's kind of funny because like you said, I remember I saw an interview of him Um, when he was in Philly and he was talking about asked to ask what he thought about that current Philly team. Keep in mind, they had just got James Harden. Um, they had Joel Embiid, um, and was on pace to win his first MVP, which he ultimately did. He was comparing them to the 08 Boston Celtics. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, everyone here on this team, they get along, you know, we added some more pieces. They really remind me of Boston. And then they ended up losing that series. To Boston. I mean, it's just, it's it's funny because that's always his go-to. Like, oh, you know, in 08, this happened. This reminds me a lot of that. He said that too many times. Like, there's just too many excuses. And the worst part for Milwaukee is if this doesn't work out, because it can, because they have the talented roster, and ultimately players tend to win the games and have more of an effect than the coaching does. But if they can't figure this out, it keeps going south, and Doc Rivers does get fired, like I said. Imagine he gets fired in the middle of next year. Who are they going to get as the head coach in the middle of next year? They're going to be stuck in the same repeats. spot that they're in before, and no one's going to want to coach there because they fire all the all of their coaches all of a mm-hmm. sudden, and they get them in the middle of the season, which is even worse because you don't have a training camp to get with your guys, right? Like We get it. It's hard, but the Bucks would be the ones putting the coaches in that situation. So they're going to have to decide, I think, in this offseason, based on how the rest of the season goes, if they're going to keep Doc or not, because if they fire him halfway through the season, oh, man, this franchise is going to be set back and dysfunctional, and it might be the end of the Bucks.
0: Well, we're not even getting started with, if they flame out in the postseason this year, the whole well, is Lillard going to get traded or is he going to move? Are they going to – is Giannis going to start doing the whole puppet master hands on the organization again? So they really need to figure it out or a lot of things, like you said, go south. And it all just came back to firing Mike and making the Dame trade at the same time.
1: Two huge moves.
0: Mike was an excellent defensive coach, offensively stale at times. You bring in Lillard, your team isn't going to fall off that bad defensively with Mike at the helm because that's what he knows how to do, right? They, they wouldn't have made that drastic defensive scheme change like Adrian Griffin did. And we probably wouldn't have anything but glowing things to say about the Bucks. In my opinion, had they held on the Mike, made the Dame trade, that would have been the best-case scenario. And they just, because Giannis was threatening in a passive-aggressive way, they did too much too soon, and that's why they're in the boat they're in. So interesting, interesting storyline to watch because this whole thing can implode in the matter of one offseason.
1: Yeah, not, not just that, but, I mean, Damian Lillard, if it did come to that, he'd be hard to move off of. Miami yeah, might be old. the only team. Yeah, Miami might be the only team that wants him because of the contract and the age. And you're only getting get
0: 50% up. back of what you gave up to get him.
1: Oh yeah, so. you're going to have to accept Tyler Hero and and a pick. A pick. Yeah, I mean yeah. like like that's the only thing you'll be able to get for Dame and like that that would really suck for Milwaukee and like I like I think that would be enough to drive Giannis out. Um a ultimately. lot of
0: Yeah, a lot is riding on what's going to happen this postseason. Because if they flame out even before the Eastern Conference Finals, I can see all havoc breaking loose. So, interesting stuff to watch for. Now we're going to move on to the Western Conference. A team that I really don't know how to feel about in the New Orleans Pelicans. Currently fifth place. Uh, Surprisingly, their stars have been healthy-ish this year. Right. Zion's only missed 12 games. Ingram's only missed five. CJ McCollum has missed the majority of the year. He's only played 25 games so far. But with him back in the lineup, they're looking pretty legit. Uh, Despite that, they're currently sitting in fifth place. What are your thoughts? Are
1: they a threat to anybody in the top four? I do think they are a threat to the top four teams. Um, I'll get into a little more specifically who matchup-wise in a second, but the Pelicans have been playing really good basketball recently, as you mentioned. CJ McCollum came back; they won eight out of nine games going into the All-Star break. And I think the biggest reason why is Zion Williamson has been playing point guard mm-hmm. for the New Orleans Pelicans, at least offensively. Like Zion, way. back yeah. at it again. And you know, let's be honest, Zion. We've seen him enough. What is it, like his fifth year in the NBA, I believe? Yeah. Um, He's not an off-ball player. So putting the ball in his hands makes a lot of sense. It helps the offense more overall, even if it is just because he's going to be playmaking and not scoring more. Because him just sitting in the corner allows his defender to just stand in the middle mm-hmm. of the paint. And not move off of him and Zion's not going to go cut. He's not going to run up and get a catch and shoot like that's just not the guy he is. So go ahead, put the ball in his hand, Um, you know, and. He's moving a lot better now than Zion was early in the year. I think he's playing himself more into shape because at the beginning of the year, he looked really off, to be honest, I mean. Kind of fair the criticism he was getting, he didn't look in shape. Looks like he's been playing his way into shape. Um, and, you know, they also run a lot of pick and roll with Zion and Val from 15 feet away. So not back mm-hmm. at the three-point line, but really close to the basket, High which gives Zion. Roll, type of deal. Yeah, he, it gives him one dribble, and he's at the basket. And we all know the type of finisher he is. Um, and this works so well now that CJ's back. Because CJ Cause can play off-ball. Yeah, he can play off-ball. We saw what he did in Portland. He's he's very capable of doing that, and he can still guard the point guard on the other end. So you don't have to worry out too much about that. Um, like you said, Zion's been mostly healthy. Ingram's been mostly healthy and CJ has missed a lot, too. But those three have never really been healthy together at the same mm-hmm. time um, since they've been together. And that's been a big reason why they've been able to be five this season Um And then if you look a little further at the rest of their roster, they're currently eighth in points per game on defense. So the roster around Zion and Ingram is good. Um, They drafted well guys like Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Jordan Hawkins, Dyson, Daniels, young guys, big, long wings, can make threes. Big thing made them one of the deepest teams in the NBA. BI can make tough shots. I think they have the talent to get out of the first round in the playoffs. I think they could, they have the talent to make the Western Conference finals if we're being honest. Will they? Probably not. Probably not. not. Yeah. I don't, even with this being said, with Zion having the ball in his hands, this new style of play, I still don't think they could beat the Clippers or the Nuggets in a series. I do think they could give the Timberwolves or Thunder a run for their money, make it super competitive. But I just don't know if I trust in Zion having that much responsibility in the current shape he's in, despite being in better shape. I don't know if he can control the game like that for the whole game in a playoff series. That's really what it comes down to. I I mean, you, you said everything I was going to
0: say. So (laughs) I 100% agree with you. It just depends on the matchup, right? They are middle of the pack offensively. They're 14th in points per game at 116.6 points per game. Their strength really is on the defensive side of the ball. Eighth, in the league and points allowed at 112 a game they just have length everywhere at the wing position and as you said point zion is the way they need to be playing and just surround them with shooters it's the lebron effect right you have Mm -hmm. an elite finisher he's an okay playmaker uh probably better than people give him credit for uh spread the floor and that's your best bet on offense and my take is exactly the same i think The Thunder would have a really hard time against this team because it's going to be the first go-round for them in the playoffs, and I am going to try to avoid them. Honestly, the West is just a crapshoot
1: because the Suns are sitting at, what, seventh right now? Did you see? So the difference between the first seed and second seed in the East is bigger than the first and the eighth seed in in the West. That's how crazy it is.
0: So all of these teams on any given night could beat each other. There's really only two teams, like you said, that I can fully trust to make it out of the first round, and that's the Clippers and the Nuggets, just because they're experienced, they're really talented, um, and I think they can beat anybody in a series. But everyone else outside of that can get beaten. I have no faith in the Timberwolves. I have no faith. I mean, I love the Thunder. They were my pick to be a top-three seed this year. But in a series matching up against Phoenix, matching up against New Orleans, I don't. Can I confidently pick them? I'd love to because they're my favorite team in the playoffs right now because the Jazz suck. But I don't know if I can. So, depending on who they match up, they could easily make it to the second round. So, they are a team to watch for. They're scary, they have talent, and much like the Clippers. This feels like the year that they're finally kind of putting it together because of injuries on injuries on injuries have just derailed this team's potential for the past seasons. And that's why, honestly, going into this year, I was out on them, much like I was the Clippers because it's just the same old, hey, wait till we're healthy. You know, wait till yeah. we're healthy. Wait
1: till we're healthy. I'm like, are you ever going to be healthy? Maybe this year is the year. And honestly, the because ro- the roster that is currently built around Zion and Ingram— is title contender ready? Like if you yeah. put the Lakers stars LeBron and AD on this team, everyone they're they're everyone's favorite to they're win the big. title. And so I only see two things that are holding this team back from winning it this year. Number one, I think their center situation could have been a little different. Too bad for them because Val's a, he's a solid player. I just don't think he fits amazingly with Zion. Too bad for them. The Bucks didn't sell off everybody. At this point, they could have got Brooke Lopez. They would really benefit from that type of player with, with Williamson, inside defender, who can shoot. But, you know, they have Val. They're still a good team. And my other one is the fact that Zion isn't like a 1A tier kind of star yet. Um, He's shown flashes and the ability to do that, mostly injury holding him back. Now I just feel like it's how much in shape he actually is at this point. Um, as I mentioned better than it was for sure, because start of the year, he wasn't even jumping good. Like he wasn't running back. He was looking really tired in the in season tournament game when they got killed by the Lakers. Like it just wasn't looking good for him. So the thing is new Orleans either needs to, they need to decide if he's the guy to lead them because they have the roster that's honestly ready. I think do. Ingram as a second star works great because playoffs, tough shot maker. He's got a lot better as a creator. He gets like five assists a game the last two years. Um, he's big. Like, they're, they're they're really close to being a legit title contender, and like, in the playoffs, depending on what Zion actually does with all this added responsibility of playing point guard, will tell us a lot about if he is the guy capable of leading the team to do so. I 100% agree, man. I think it's a
0: make-or-break year in terms of Zion's place in the NBA because if he either (laughs) goes into the playoffs injured again or underperforms to what we kind of hoped him to be which was a top five top ten player in the NBA when healthy and all that stuff then they should maybe shop him around but what do you get though what do you get in return for Zion we kind of had a podcast way back in the summer who knows Because there are few players that are talented enough to be that 1A on a championship caliber team, right? You're not going to get Luca. Nope. You know, you're not getting that type of a player for Zion. So they're really banking hard on Zion having a breakout postseason because we've never seen him before there. So,
1: yeah, I mean, their best case scenario to move him off would be a star player asks out and they offer a bunch to get that star. Um, because Zion would be helpful in that situation, but it takes more than him, and if they'd want to do that, to be seen. Or for them to trade for a younger guy who projects to be on that star path, right? Which would set them back a few years, and their roster construction then would be slightly off because they'd have to keep and pay all these young guys that they have now, um, so they wouldn't be able to keep all of them going forward, I'm sure, but um, definitely a big situation. I I think yeah, this offseason, like you said, I think it will mostly determine Zion's long-term future with the Pelicans more than anything um, because they, they've really been hoping since AD left that he would be the guy to lead their franchise, and he hasn't been that guy. Yeah. All in
0: all, going to be very interesting to watch this team down the stretch because they have the talent to pretty much beat anybody in the West or at least give them the run for money, make it a competitive and exciting series. I just hope this is the year Zion we can actually watch in the playoffs. For crying out loud, we have never seen him. And he's been living off those Duke days ever since. So let's see a healthy Zion in the playoffs. Can we just get that? Will the basketball gods bless us with that finally? Let's hope so because it'll be a lot of fun to watch. (laughs) Anyway, moving on now to the NFL. As we know, the draft is approaching slow and steady. And the Chicago Bears, as we all knew, for making that wonderful trade with Carolina, have the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Been a lot of discussion surrounding Justin Fields and his future in the NFL. Ryan,
1: what should Chicago do? Yeah, so when I was looking at what I would do if I were Chicago, keep in mind I'm not, but hypotheticals can be fun so what would i do if i was chicago i'm looking and saying is justin fields my franchise qb is he the guy i want long term they've had him for three seasons he started 40 games um his passing has improved from his rookie season he has a higher completion percentage yards yards per game passer rating every year gone up a little bit right his play style not the same player but the style of play similar to two-time MVP Lamar Jackson, where he's a major running threat. And they run, call their plays based around the threat of the run, um, which does lead to more injuries. And, you know, he's missed a few games every year due to that. Justin Fields has. um, The Bears roster, to be fair to Justin Fields, um, has not been set up to win games during his time there. They have just been accumulating assets. And, you know, after looking at everything, kind of deciding, I'm saying, no, Justin Fields is not a franchise QB. Mm -hmm. He can be a top 15 quarterback at his best in the NFL, but he's not at that now. And it doesn't mean he's going to hit that. Um, and so, and we've seen what a star QB can do to these teams. Look at the Texans, look at the Colts when they got Andrew Luck, what can a star really do? And I don't think he's going to be a star. And with this first pick, they have a chance to get a guy who could potentially be that star. And since their roster is not set up to win right now today, I think Fields becomes less important and more expendable, especially because they haven't paid him yet, which is another decision they'd have to make if they do keep him. So if you are going to trade Fields, which I would do, because I don't think he's the franchise guy, they should look to pick a QB at one, whether that's Caleb Williams or... Drake May, whoever they like better, whoever they think has the higher ceiling is what they need to go with. I would go with Williams. I like his play style. I think he has star qualities. But this is the right path and then after they pick a QB, they need to do the right thing by him and get him an offensive line right away and not screw up his development by just being trash still. Like, get a QB, it's time to start winning now, right? Use your picks on those players. Use your cap space to bring in guys to help your quarterback. Don't do what the Panthers did. and Don't do that, what the Panthers that, did. <laughs> don't do what the Panthers did. Give him Bryce Young and a bunch of you know backups to run with. So that's what, that's what I say. I say Fields is not the guy. Trade him. Pick your favorite QB at number one.
0: Yeah, let's be honest. This is not too complicated. I don't know why this is such a large discussion. I know the majority is in the same boat we are, trade fields, draft Williams, number one. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. But there is a small minority out there that has voiced their opinion, saying that they shouldn't move on from fields because they believe in him. And I honestly believe in fields a little bit more than you do.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: However, that doesn't mean when you have the chance to draft Akilah Williams, you shouldn't. So they should trade him off, trade him away, and I would really love to, to see him in Pittsburgh. Okay. I, if I'm Pittsburgh, I would take a swing at trading for Justin Fields. You know, Kenny Pickett isn't any more proven than Fields is, and the upside of Fields is significantly higher than Kenny Pickett. And I would love to see Justin Fields in a competent organization because there are very few Andrew Lux out there. There are very few C.J. Strouds out there that can just come in and pretty much revitalize a a, a franchise. Even though C.J. Stroud got a lot of help, fantastic coach system around there. They put in weapons. They've been building this for a while, but very few quarterbacks can come in and save a franchise like Joe Burrow. That's the one instance that. That's I another I really one point too. To, yeah, because Joe Burrow, his first year healthy, they make the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, there are not a lot of guys like that. So, we can't really put that on Caleb when he gets drafted, number one. So, Fields in Pittsburgh with a competent coach, a good defense, you know, can make a little bit of noise, and he adds an element to a what has been historically stale offense ever since Roethlisberger became old. Because this team is making it to the playoffs – Riding on a defensive wave because their offense sucks. It has been terrible for a while. And I think that would be just the right
1: amount of juice to kick something off in Pittsburgh. I also think uh, that would be a good fit for Fields because that would raise his floor, I think, significantly. Mm-hmm, exactly. So maybe not necessarily his ceiling doesn't change, but to be in a successful organization. Um, where they know what works and what works for them. To put him in that situation, he's going to be not asked to do as much as he was in Chicago with all of the you know, uh, the turnover, at least, while he's been there, coaches in, coaches out, players in, players out. Um, they're not going to have anything to that kind of level in Pittsburgh, and his running ability adds more dynamic to what was already a good rush offense before. And, um, that, that would also, I bet Pittsburgh fans would really like that, but I have, I have another team in mind that I think should consider trading for him, um, depending on who's available with their pick. And that's the Denver Broncos because the Broncos are probably going to cut Russ. They have, I, I don't remember if it's 11 or 12 in the draft. The rumors are they want JJ McCarthy from Michigan I'm unsold on him personally, but, and I am a Broncos fan. So seeing us at least trade for Justin Fields for maybe a second round pick or something would be a lot better than throwing Jared Stidham out there for a year. Or, you know, just like I said, depends on who's out there at QB depends if you can move up or not in this draft. Cause there are some good rookie QBs that I do like next year's not looking as good for QBs. So I think he would fit well in Denver, too, give him a chance to start with the offensive minded coach. Um, They definitely give him the opportunity to grow with that team. Um, They had some good things going for them this year. Um, Definitely a team on the rise um, with this new coach and this young team. So we'll see what happens there. I do like your Pittsburgh, but I also think Denver needs to think about it, too.
0: I agree. I think there's a lot of landing spots for Fields. I don't think they're. He shouldn't be written off yet. Let's just no. He's, a, he's, he's, he's shown a, a lot of talent. Yeah. He's played well in an organization that's has just been bad ever since the '80s. So give him a shot, and he's going to be inexpensive in comparison to other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right, his draft, his trade value is at an all time low because everyone knows that they're trading him f- to get Caleb Williams. So you don't have to offer as much as you probably would or, or should have to. And then on top of that, you're probably not gonna have to pay him as much as the, you know, Dak Prescott's of the world, you know, or the Kirk Cousins of the world. He's not gonna be a top end market pay. You know, you could sign him probably to a multi year, pay him twenty million a year. And he'd probably take it. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I have no idea what a trade would look like, but he's going to be more inexpensive with a higher upside than most quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, especially cause he's so young and like, I know I said, I don't think he's a franchise QB, but I still think he's a starting QB. I still think he's going to be a starter for the next 10 years or so. I just think for the bears, the chance, like I would rather have a star than a above average starter for my franchise and they have a chance to go get a star and I don't think Fields is that star. So that's why I do prefer moving Fields and that's also why a lot of other teams should want Justin Fields because he is a capable starting QB and he'll probably do better in a good organization with better players. So when it really comes down to it, I mean, it might just, it honestly might be better for Fields to be moved Anyways, for his career to just get away from the Bears. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm hoping I get traded. And I'm hoping
0: it's a place like Pittsburgh or even Denver. Like you said, I'm hoping I get traded somewhere competent. And there are very few organizations. Seahawks is another one. I mean, Geno, I don't know how sold you really are on him. Um, But I'm hoping and praying that I go to an organization like Pittsburgh if I'm Justin Fields. And I'd really love to see him there because it's a team that, as we've can, as we seen, is ready to win now. They can make the playoffs without any type of offense whatsoever. So if I'm Justin Fields, that's a win-win for me. It's a win for the Bears, honestly, because they, they can just go all in on their new quarterback and pray to their lucky stars that Caleb Williams is as good as everyone's saying. And the GM will keep their job. So
1: <laughs> that's how this really works out. Yeah. And, you know, Kenny Pickett's done in Pittsburgh, I'm pretty sure, after this year. Tough year for him. And, you know, like I said earlier, Chicago, just don't do what the Panthers did. Don't. Whatever it's you do, simple. if you're anyone
0: ever, don't do what the Panthers did last year. You basically gave up another number one pick. So, that yeah. This has been another episode of Second Take. Of course, comment, subscribe, let us know your thoughts, negative or positive. And until next time, we will see you.